Thanks for listening to the ODI podcast, where we bring you the most inspiring stories of data use and impacts around the world. I'm Anna Scott, and today I'm talking to Martin Vowles about his software company, Plexus, which creates digital products to empower workplace well-being. Plexus has developed a knowledge base, pooling diverse data from different platforms to help users understand mental health standards and services in their areas, from support networks to legal aid and job opportunities. Since winning funding and support from the ODI as part of our ODI showcase last year, the team has also secured funding from Bethnal Green Ventures. This helped Plexus to develop a tool called Grace, a digital cup of tea to help employees and employers track stress levels and promote mental well-being in the workplace. Martin joins me here in the wake of Mental Health Awareness Week to talk about data and technology's potential to help us to support mental health. First off, Martin, tell me a bit about your background. Hi, thanks very much for inviting me to come to the podcast today. Um, so 2001, 2003, studied at the Royal College of Art, uh, an MA in uh, Communication, Art and Design. Um, from there, I set up a small design agency, and we've been running that ever since with my business partner, Andrew Petsis. Uh, and in the last kind of six months, we've set up Plexus, which is a standalone company away from MA now, which is focusing on creating digital tools that empower workplace well-being. Brilliant. So what first interested you in working to support mental well-being? For, for a long time, my, my stepdad suffered or had three diagnosed health conditions that had a massive effect on the family and friends and the groups that we, we hang out in back in, back in Somerset. And um, it, it was really difficult to see what was going on and not be able to do anything about it and having skills that weren't directly compatible. Um, and it was only through the strength of my mum being able to, to, to kind of aggregate the situation that he's now back in full-time employment and everything's great. But it was, it was that... that system that was going on with him and his work that I always had in the back of my head and wanting to be able to do something with it and our use of digital technology now it's kind of become a really kind of nice hybrid. So that um, was the specific problem that you wanted yeah, to solve? just well people people being getting certain amounts of support and help but it only going to the one hour or the one day that they had a month with the councillors or carers that, that local charities or the NHS could provide you know but there are 31 days for the rest of the month they get no support and no help, and so what happens in that period of time? So mm-hmm. trying to do something around there. So tell us a bit about how Plexus works. So Plexus is an organisation uh, or a company that's going to produce a series of digital tools around mental well-being in the workplace, and our first tool is, is Grace. And, and Grace gives you five minutes a day to think about what's going on. It's around four main themes, usefulness, positivity, challenges, and confidence. Um, and from there you're able to empower yourself to learn. Okay, so if I use Grace as a user, how do I experience it? What do I do? One of the very important things about Grace is it doesn't, it's not an app you download, it's, it's where you already are. So it works via SMS, Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Slack. And so these are applications you already have on your mobile phone. And so what you'll get is a notification on a daily basis saying, would you like to have some questions today? And you can say yes or no when the time kind of suits you mm-hmm. you can choose when to have those questions come to you as well and, and over time grace will learn when you best answer questions and so we'll start to prompt you based on your experience and, and when you like kind of speaking to it i was going to say her and from there we then ask four questions qualitative and quantitative split into two and then from there we then send a weekly email to you to tell you what day was most positive for you what day was most challenging for you and then we give you a score aggregated over the week and then you can log on to an online dashboard and you can then view these things in much more detail. And then we use machine learning to analyse your qualitative answers and then direct you to the knowledge base, which was where the ODI really helped us in the beginning to set up a repository of information that exists already 
out there, but it's really difficult to find and really difficult to actually access. So tell us a bit more about this knowledge base. So as far as I understand it, Grace uses data in two ways. It gathers data from different organisations to help users understand the services available to them, and it also collects data from users to help them make sense of their thoughts and feelings. What kinds of data does it pull to inform people about the services? Where's this data from? Have you asked organisations to open it up? So we use four or five types of open data. We use data from NOMIS, uh, NHS Choices, the Office for National Statistics, the Quality Care Commission and Postcode.io. We also use data from lots of non-open sources, from Mind, from Shelter, from Citizens Advice Bureau. We're also looking to make it a one-stop shop for everybody to come and find this data that exists but is really hard to find on, on yourself unless you really want to delve into it and, and spend some time trying to look for it. So this gives users a really holistic view of what's available to them, services and organisations that might be able to help. That's really interesting. Are there other organisations who've done this before? It, so, it sounds quite novel. I, I don't think there's anybody who's aggregating this data in one place at the moment, I, from, from our knowledge. But we, we see it as being, there, there are four or five things that really help people have a basis. Um, understanding their finance, being able to get outside and in, enjoy their life, understanding how secure their home is, and understanding how close their friends and family are. And so we're trying to use those things and empower it. So we're also working with a, another um, ODR startup and Bethnal Green startup I'm in. So we're going to have their physical education or physical data information brought into it. So again, serving that issue. If you want to get out and experience local authority events, then that will be there. If you want to find out how to better manage your money, that will be there. If you want to find out how to protect your home, that will be there. Or if you just want to learn how to write a better CV, that information is there. It all exists already. It just needs to be aggregated to make it easy for people to find it. And so for the organisations that you've collected data from that isn't open data, do you think this kind of service or solution will help them to consider the reasons why they should open their data up? Definitely. Like we, We've had some very positive conversations with different organisations, but there's still that one stop that they, they want to hold back until someone else has done it. It's almost nobody wants to be the first one on the ship, especially within the the charity industry. There's a lot of, like, it's our data, we don't want to share it, it might give our competitors advantage or whatever else but from hopefully if we can get enough traction on Plexus and Grace as, as our tool, our first tool, it will give us a chance to show what open data does and how it works and the power that it has to improve an individual's life and at the end of it the charities that's what they're trying to do is improve individuals lives so they'd be silly not to kind mm -hmm. of understand the positive aspects open data can have and we're going to continue to have those conversations and make sure we open up as much data as we can around the, the sets that we use within Grace and Plexus. So Grace draws on the information from this knowledge base? Yeah, yeah. So, so Grace does use the data, but it's in a, a showcasing way from what the individual said. So, for example, I might say I'm, I'm worried about the review I've got coming up. We'll analyse that, understand the positive or negative aspect of that, and then direct them to the knowledge base, to the section that's around workplace empowerment or performing well at interviews or understanding what it is. And they'll also have then their set of questions around their confidence, positivity, usefulness and challenges that they can go to their employer and say these things are great, these things are not so great and it changes that conversation. It puts them in the driving seat to make their workplace the thing it should be for them. Okay and so that's the knowledge base. Tell us a bit about Grace and how it takes data from users and then transforms that information into something that can help employers and employees to manage stress levels and understand well-being at work. So 
the way Grace is going to work, or the way Grace works at the moment, is we, we looked at the NHS Five Ways to Wellbeing and we looked at a number of government reports around empowerment in the workplace using digital technology um, and, and saw that there was a, a, an opening or a gap within the provisions currently around the ability to reflect, to review and to learn, which is a, a self-developed system that we've, we've empowered Grace with. And so the reflection aspect is the questions that come on a daily basis and the user chooses when they want to have those questions. Um, and depending on the, the platform they use, the questions are delivered in different ways. Um, so Slack is much more conversational. SMS is a slightly more kind of robotic because it's character counts and what you can do. And from there, we then present that information back to the individual in a number of different ways, either through bi-weekly emails, which tell them about the positive nature of certain days or the overall aggregate score, and a dashboard, which they can log into any time from their mobile phone or computer or, or whatever platform they choose to use. Um, you can also call that information into Slack, which is really interesting, and, and Slack and Facebook Messenger open up the possibilities because of the, the connected nature of those platforms. And then from there, they're presented with their conversations or their thoughts over that week, which gives them a really good way to reflect on what's happened. And then using machine learning, we direct them to the knowledge base, which empowers the learning aspect, which sets them back to the beginning of reflection. I see. And how does the employer become involved in this? Is the information always given to their employers or is it something you can choose to share if you want to? Well, this is one of the biggest biggest kind of questions that we're working at at the moment is, is how we get the employer involved in this because obviously without the employer willing to be in change or bring change into the workplace, then the system will only go so far of empowering the individual. And so for us, we want to get to the point where people understand the power of releasing their own data to their employer in an anonymized way so you can't see it's individual talking. It won't be anything qualitatively that they say. It'll be the quantitative information. So the employer will be able to see the overall well-being of their company, if that makes sense, on any given time. And what we hope it will do, they'll marry it to the KPIs they have or announcements or other things going on within the business and see what direct effect those have on the individuals working there. But no, it won't be released as standard. What we're looking to do, and, and I've had some very, very brief conversations with some other companies looking at data licensing, and we want to produce an individual data license for everybody using this platform. So they choose who sees their data. So they're empowered, again, themselves to make that decision and understand the advantages. In an ideal utopian world, what I want is everybody to release their data so we can release an open data set that then governments and local authorities can use, which will actually drive system change within organisations about how they provide provisions within local authorities and within kind of NHSs around the country to help people with mental health conditions or people just worried about their mental well-being. You're listening to the ODI podcast, covering inspiring stories of data use and impacts around the world. If you're passionate about data and its potential, why not join our global network as an ODI member? If you want to learn more about data in all its forms and how to make the best of it, we hold diverse interactive training courses and events. Find out more at theodi.org or tweet us at ODIHQ. I'm here with Martin Valls, CEO of software company Plexus, which creates digital products to empower workplace well-being. Martin, the theme for this year's Mental Health Awareness Week has been relationships. We heard lots from charities and influential people like Sadiq Khan on how important it is and to build and nurture positive relationships. It strikes me that Plexus shines a light on a relationship we give relatively little thought to, that between employer and employee. How much do you think the app will humanise and improve workplace relationships? For me, it goes back to the primary thing about trust. 
if there's no trust in an organization, then the organization will not work effectively or will not be as productive as it can be. Um, I think it's 15.2 million working days were lost last year to, to stress and stress-related illnesses. It's like it's crazy numbers. Um, and, and this can be affected very easily by better conversations and empowerment between the individual and, and moving to systems where, where we're not in organizations where it's top-down because that, that works to a certain extent with someone driving it, but it needs to be much more kind of flat-level management. And that kind of change within organizations will lead to more empowerment of the individual. Now, we, we try to give everybody kind of 15, 20% of their working week to work on individual projects because we understand that that stuff will be creative and bring it back into the process. I know we've nicked it from Google, but, but, but it's the point of, of, of there's a reason why massive companies and massive organizations do this because it, it empowers the individual to want to be in the workplace. And if you want to be somewhere, you'll be more productive, you'll be better at what you're doing, and you'll be there for longer. And that's what every business really wants at the end of it, is to have people who are there willing to work really hard, willing to own and, and want to do things more effectively. And do you think there are misconceptions about mental well-being or mental health issues in the workplace that need to be resolved that this kind of application can help solve? I, I hope so. I think, I think it's a, a long, long trail. I think we've started really well with physical well-being because you can see if someone's slightly overweight or someone's broken their arm or, or leg or whatever else. But there's still that stigma around mental health and, and again it, it goes to this thing about being a preventative society rather than being a reactive society and, and that's slowly changing and if we want to make massive differences in the NHS and we want to cut this 30 billion deficit that we're talking about by 2020 then we have to start looking at how we can stop things before they, they happen and giving people the power to understand what mental well-being is and that everybody has mental well-being and everybody's mental well-being is a different state exactly the same way as everybody has physical health and it's in different states it needs to be equated in the same way and we need to get to a point where people understand if someone's feeling under the weather or feeling clinically depressed, whatever the state is, that there is a line that people sit on and you can still help that person by being part of a community, by helping them in the workplace, by encouraging them, by being supportive. And, and without that, then there won't be a change in what mental well-being or mental health is. There seems to be a growing trend in the use of data and technology for mental well-being. Do you think this reflects a wider appreciation and concern for mental health issues? And do you think they're really helping? Yeah, it was really interesting. An um, organisation called Talk Life that we know through BGV um, tweeted a couple of things yesterday, one from Forbes and one from small businesses. And it was really interesting reading both of those articles because they were talking about the rise of bots and the rise of data helping people understand their mental well-being. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for anything that will actually make people think about their mental well-being. That's, for me, the thing, is if you actually think about it, you're more likely to do something about it, to encourage it, to make it better, to, to understand what things trigger issues that you don't like. But it also needs to have some kind of support system. Just telling somebody by, I think there's an app out there that, that understands by the way you walk, whether you're feeling low or sad or depressed, and that's great, but what does the app then do to help the person change? Is it just about changing the way they walk, or is it actually getting to the, the crux of the problem and talking about how they actually impact on that individual. And that's for us why the reflect, review, learn aspect. The learn aspect is so important because if you go to the extreme of mental health, the individual has to make the change or has to want to make the change. You can give them all the support you want, but if the individual doesn't want to change that thing, then nothing's going to happen. And so if you don't empower the individual, and for me, some of these apps don't empower the individual, they just give you data. And if you don't understand data, then you might as well just you know, wave a flag at them or something. And so it has to be something that actually drives change and drives empowerment in the individual. And, and if that happens, then it's a great thing, I think. Mm -hmm. So you're trialling Grace in different offices at the moment. Um, what's the uptake been like so far? 
It's been good, been good. We've done quite a few user interviews um, and we found that people don't really get it the first kind of couple of days. It takes them a little time to settle down. And in fact, some of our users said they put the wrong information in on the first couple of days because they were just not sure what was going on. But once they go past the first kind of couple of times the questions are asked, people are understanding that it's about that five minutes a day to reflect. But for me, it's, it's really positive seeing the way that people use it but don't feel that they have to use it. So there, there are nice patterns where people come on for three or four days and then stop and then go off for three or four days because things are happening or what's going on. We don't anymore ask the questions at weekends because most people aren't working at weekends. So it's, it's been really positive to see how people have, have embraced it once they get what's going on. But it takes a little bit of time, which is we're trying to work out how we can make that better. And you've mentioned the systemic change that you'd like to help to influence with Grace. What's your vision for Plexus in future? You, you mentioned that you're building other solutions, other digital tools to improve well-being at work. Can you tell us a bit about what you imagine those to be as well? Uh, that, that's, that's a big question. In, in, terms of, in terms of Plexus as an organisation, we want to be in a situation where we're helping individuals make change. I, I hope that long term it won't just be in the workplace. We've, we've had a couple of conversations with, with the DWP and also with certain charities that we've worked with. And we see a real potential within empowering people in situations where they're currently not able to be empowered. So universal credit is a prime example, going into the job centre and trying to reshift the balance there between the job seeker and the person facilitating the kind of work placements, being, being more confident in that situation, but also working with charities to help individuals or service users and the way that they access services and, and the results that the services have on a an intra-day basis. Currently, there's a lot of reviewing going over a month or three months or six months. The power of grace is it's the day that it happens and it's the day after it happens. And those kind of things, I think, could be really exciting away from the workplace and, and helping people in, in kind of so social deprivation or, or social, social issues. Well, thank you so much, Martin. That's been really interesting. Thank you very much for your time. Thanks for listening to the ODI podcast. For more information about upcoming episodes, ODI projects, our latest blogs and how to contribute, visit theodi.org. If you ever have any questions or would like to say hi, you can tweet us at ODIHQ.